On this episode of Pivot by Faith, we meet John Fellageller. John is a single special needs father who seeks to support other parents, specifically dads, through his motivational and uplifting messages. You've got to hear his story, how he is passionate about his purpose and why he does what he does. Right now, just stay tuned on this episode of Pivot by Faith. Welcome to the Pivot by Faith podcast, where people just like you and me share their empowering stories of how they had the courage to pivot to reach their potential and their goals. Who am I? I'm your host, Denise Nixon. I had to pivot too. Sometimes we all have to pivot to find that peace that surpasses all understanding. Thanks for tuning in. Here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Pivot by Faith podcast. It is my pleasure to welcome today's guest, John Fellageller. Did I pronounce that correctly, John? You got it absolutely correct. <laughs> I practice. I have to admit, I went to your website and watched one of your videos where someone pronounced your name. So I <laughs> wanted, wanted to make sure I was ready and, and prepared. But, uh, but we wanted to just let you know how excited we are to have you on today's podcast. And for the listeners, John is a single special needs father who has a special message that of support and guidance that he offers to so many people. So um, please, John, if you would share with us who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I, I always like to start out these conversations by saying, first and foremost, that I am a special needs dad. Uh, as you mentioned, I have one son, Christopher. He's 14 and he's on the autism spectrum and also nonverbal. Um, so I, I really identify you know, with my role as a father of a special needs child. Uh, yes, I am also a divorced dad, so I do uh, share custody of my son. And, uh, you know, the thing about that is I know many times I prefer to represent myself as a, as a single parent, which um, if the other parent is involved, sometimes they say that doesn't apply or count. But when you have a special needs child and that child is with you, um, it, it very much is that experience for sure. So um, and and from my experience as a special needs dad, um, you know, I really got involved with a lot of advocacy and, and volunteering with a, a variety of organizations around the country. Uh, essentially, what happened is um, about five years ago, I kind of got the bug. Um, you know, to, to give back and, and just get involved in some things. And I, I've always kind of had a desire to, to be a writer and enjoyed writing. And um, I got connected with a uh, another special needs mom um, that I made a relationship with through another uh, faith-based disability organization. And uh, I began to blog for a small uh, faith-based special needs ministry uh, in the um, in the Midwest. And then um, that ministry eventually got absorbed by a larger ministry called Key Ministry, which is a faith-based disability ministry out of the Ohio area. And uh, from there, it all just started to snowball. So I got invited to speak at some conferences. Uh, I've done a variety of podcasts, uh, video presentations, roundtables, that type of thing. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of blogging, a lot of writing. I actually have a, a book project in the works. It's slow going. It's actually a lot, a lot more harder and more challenging than I, I thought it would be, uh, mm-hmm. but I am working on it. And, and beyond all of that too, you know, what I'm, you know, what I can also share is, you know, I, I've also been an educator for 
about 20 years and, and certainly have spent time as a, as a special needs, a, a special ed teacher as well. Uh, and But currently, I've actually transitioned to uh, nonprofit work, and I actually now work for a global disability faith-based organization called Johnny and Friends. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're not familiar with them for the listeners, um, that is absolutely an organization you should check out, especially to find out uh, the story and the background of our founder, Johnny Erickson Tata. She has an incredible story of overcoming challenges through her disability and faith and how that has all kind of led her on her path. So it's a, it's a wonderful message you know, from her part as well. And I'm honored to be working uh, with her organization now. And so, you know, o- overall, I'm just, uh, I'm just a dad who felt the need to give back. Uh, dads especially are um, close to my heart. So I actually work with some uh, both uh, faith-based and secular organizations that support dads. I actually do a support group for uh, special needs dads in my uh, area here in the north suburbs of Chicago. And, uh, and I also work with organizations that have a national focus as well. So uh, really, it's just been about, uh, you know, looking at my son's disability, not so much as a challenge, even though it is, but also the, the gift it is and the gift it, it's brought me uh, on a variety of levels uh, and, and specifically and especially through my faith and how my faith has grown and really uh, how many things I, I owe to him and that I've learned from him, um, you know, through this entire journey. Wow, John, that is a compelling story that you shared. And you mentioned um, several things uh, in your discussion just now. One of the things that you mentioned is that you are a special education teacher. You have that background and that expertise there. And having worked in the school system, the public schools for over 20 years myself, I'm a former guidance counselor, and I worked so closely with students and parents who had those students with disabilities when parents are feeling frustrated with uh, the situation in regard to looking for that additional support, what would you, how would you encourage those parents in those kinds of situations? Well, I I will tell you that, uh, and and again, I really see this through the lens of both being a a parent of a child with a disability, therefore having to navigate that personally myself. And then Mm -hmm. of course, being on the other side of the table, so to speak, in terms of having to advocate for parents or uh, support their children as best as possible. And the, the, the biggest thing for me, the biggest piece of advice I would give parents is that you know, you need to have a voice. You need to be involved as much as possible in that process. You know, if, if you're if you have a child in a public school and you're familiar with that whole IEP process and, and mm-hmm. those types of things, right. you know, you, you have to understand that ultimately you are the the main and and primary advocate for your child. And even though uh, at times you may get pushback from, say, a school or a school district in terms of what they can or can't do or what they feel is best you need to remember that nothing happens without your approval. And so as a parent, you really are the biggest expert for your child. Now I know that in our culture and and especially people will say, well, uh, you, you might be a parent, but you're no doctor, you're, you're no therapist, or, you know, you don't have expertise in this particular area. But the reality is, you know, your child. And that is something that I also really speak to um, not not just out, outside of my role as a professional, but but also when I was in the classroom and, and doing those types of things with families, it's, you know, you need to be advocating. So, you know, one thing that my uh, now ex-wife and I were always very good about was, you know, we would come to the schools and, and not just be involved in the IEP meetings or working with his uh, team at school there or, you know, his private therapy team and, and all of that. But, you know, we would visit the classroom. We would visit the mainstream classroom. We would do mm-hmm 
these kind of awareness talks where, you know, we would be the voice for our son because our son has no voice. Right. And so we would speak to the kids and speak to the classroom. And, and, you know, of course that was probably when he was younger, he's 14 now. So it's, it doesn't really apply as much in, in terms of, you know, like a high school situation, but, but definitely you want, you, you know, you want the kids to know, you want the classroom to know, you want the mainstream teacher to know that this is my son. You know, this is our child. Um, mm-hmm. These are the things he enjoys. He enjoys some of the same things that you do. He has strengths, even though they might not be obvious. And there are ways that you can kind of get him involved. And so, you know, one of the toughest things with parents is that they either are overwhelmed by the process and therefore don't really get involved or be kind of hands off. Um, or, you know, they, they kind of have... Uh, what I would define as kind of like a blind faith um, in the system or, you know, in the professionals and say, okay, well, whatever you say is fine. Well, um, I'm I'm not saying that that's not mostly fine most of the time, but, you know, if there is something that you don't agree with, you know, you, you need to kind of put that out there. And and so I think for parents who may be, you know, in that process or are maybe overwhelmed by their choices, you know, they're the the great thing about the, the disability community now is that there are all kind of folks who really serve in kind of an advisory role or a consulting role, people who may have come from the education system or have some different background as it applies that can advocate for you. So there are IEP advocates, Mm -hmm. there are advocates who can help direct you if your child is, you know, looking at maybe a, a, a college program, you know, there's a lot of great college programs now for those with disabilities as well. So there, there are folks out there that can help navigate you, but absolutely you want to be, uh, you want to remember that you're integral to that process. And essentially as the old saying goes, the buck stops with you, right? So, mm-hmm. so nothing will happen without your approval and you really need to be fully engaged with that process to really understand, you know, what will be going on with your child and how they're going to be supported. Right. That excellent, excellent advice. You know, even, with seeing the parents who really want to be involved, we always want to encourage those parents to ask questions. You know, we as educators sometimes can throw around some jargon. Uh, we've got our terms and, and different uh, words and terminology that we use in the field, but um, definitely parents should definitely ask those questions and get involved and find out more because as you said, they are the experts. They are the ones that know their child the best. So we certainly do want to see parents be involved in that process. But that is such great advice that you've given to encourage parents to let them know they do have a voice and that they should be involved in their child's education. Now, John, what gives you this passion, aside from your own child, what gives you that passion for for being a, a support person to others who are facing the same kinds of, of issues that you're facing? Well, I, I will speak quite candidly and, and understanding this is a, a faith-based podcast, which is great because faith faith is probably my other middle name. Oh, amen. Uh, there, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, it, it really, I think, is an extension of, of my faith and uh, just, just my experience as a Christian in terms of, you know, kind of how I came to faith. You know, I, I, I wasn't always a Christian and I, I didn't always have the faith that I do. Um, that process really came out of, you know, over 10 years ago um, when our child was still younger and we were wrestling as a family with all kind of issues. Um, and, you know, we had uh, financial concerns, things with insurance, things with school and therapy, and, and really our, our marriage was, was on the ropes. And, you know, even though it still wound up in divorce, what I can tell you is that all those years ago, you know, coming to faith really allowed us to develop the supports 
and, and really the community that kind of stood by us and lifted us up and kind of carried us through some of those rougher times. And one of my early experiences for sure you know, because I, I came to my Christian faith through a, a men's Bible study. And um, and what I was struck by was the ways in which those men engaged with each other and supported each other and cared about each other. And, and I really spent several years early on really kind of being fed, being fed with encouragement, being fed with scripture, being, being fed with prayer. And so all of those elements, you know, kind of built into me. And therefore, you know, the next kind of natural expression of that really is to also now, okay, as was done for you, now do for another, or as iron sharpens iron, as they say. So, you know, I really got inspired to, to give back in a variety of ways, even before I started on this route of, of advocacy and things, uh, you know, just being involved with with different, you know, fundraising activities or service projects the church was doing or outreach and just being involved with those things. And all of those different experiences really, I think, prepared me in some very unique ways for, you know, what I was being kind of set up for down the road and, and currently. So I, I would tell you, it's a natural expression of my experience. And then, you know, when I started to hear the whisper from spirit about moving me in a particular direction, then it was just something that I just said, okay, this is where this is going. And that's fine because, you know, I could at that point really trust the process to know that I was being led to a place that, you know, not only was I needed, but that also was going to gift me because the one thing that I know a lot of parents with disability will always focus maybe on the negative or, you know, just all of the challenges they have. But at the same time, we have to remember the gifts, right? And mm -hmm. really one of the things that I always speak to is the fact that my experience with my son in terms of his disability has gifted me really because I think to myself, if it wasn't for his disability, I may not have come to faith at all, quite honestly, on top of the fact that I've made so many relationships and had so many wonderful experiences and have just met people and families I never would have encountered and I never would have known if it wasn't, you know, for his condition. So so we have to remember the the gifts that those things can also bring and and how we can, you know, shift our perspective about what that means for you, not just as a parent, but as a person. And, and what kind of changes will go on when you really open up to, you know, the lessons and also just honestly, the wonderful experiences that, you know, that could be waiting for you. Wow. That is a powerful testimony. And you, you shared so much about what gives you that passion to do what you do. Did you encounter any obstacles that made you hesitant about taking this path that you've taken? Well, I, I guess I would start out by saying that if, if you're uh, the parent of a child with a disability or you, um, you know, if you're in a family where disability exists, you're kind of always grappling with this, um, uh, this feeling of, okay, when is the next shoe going to drop, so to speak? You know, you're, you're always kind of at that highest threat level. You know, you're, you're always expended emotionally and spiritually and, and physically, quite honestly. And so, you know, first of all, it's this idea of, okay, um, we are always on, right? There is no off button for mom or dad. And one of the things mm -hmm. that we had to learn early on, and we went through some, some really good counseling, which helped us navigate this process too, was we had to understand the importance. And I, and I really uh, press special needs parents, especially, but really any family or couple um, to do this is really to have a calendar. And, you know, it, it, when I say a calendar, I'm not just referring to, okay, do we know when 
um, our child is scheduled for this appointment or this therapy or whatever. It's, hey, let's have a calendar for our family and let's build into that time for mom individually and dad individually. And then as a couple, right, you know, not just a, a date night or spending some time together, but, you know, mom needs that self-care and dad needs that self-care. And I think that's one of the side benefits of, you know, the COVID pandemic is we really uh, put a microscope on that, on, on the importance and the, and the necessity of self-care for the individual. And so we learned, hey, you know, I need my time mom needs her time, whether that's to go exercise or Bible study, or in my case, maybe I wanted to go do some writing or something. But it's also then, okay, now I need to single parent. Now, how do I manage that time? How does that look differently? How do I get creative with making sure that I'm doing the things that I still would like to do, but also making sure that I'm intentional and being present as a dad? And for a lot of single parents out there, which again, if you have a disability, I'm sure there are lots, um, you know, that that is a huge challenge. It, it really, really is. But um, again, through a lot of prayer support and, and really creativity, you know, you can still find a way to, to strike that balance. Wonderful. And John, you provide such a phenomenal service to others. Are your services limited to your geographical area? I believe you, I think you said that you're in Ohio. Oh, uh, Chicago. Uh, Chicago. I'm yes. sorry, Chicago, Illinois. And so, so how would parents, um, are you a worldwide um, do you offer a worldwide service or is it more local? Or, or in other words, how would people who do not live near you benefit from the services that you offer? That's a great question. And, and I will tell you that myself personally, in, in terms of the things that I individually do, that's probably more local. But I guess um, I, I'd love to be global someday. But, you know, what's what's great is, is that a lot of the organizations that I partner with and work with closely or serve in a leadership capacity with are global, actually, and especially because we oh. live in a now virtual world, right? Especially with COVID. So what I would encourage parents to do is, you know, again, we there are great uh, faith-based and secular organizations that I work with. Of course, Johnny and Friends, J-O-N-I and Friends is a global disability ministry. And so they do a variety of things. They do wonderful family retreats all over the United States every summer. And, uh, and they have them in every part of the country. And those are a great opportunity for you as a family with a disability to actually have a vacation because many families find it very challenging to travel, especially when there's a lot of medical concerns or equipment and that type of thing. And what that means mm-hmm. is that I'm the one who actually comes to your churches. If, if let's say you have a family who doesn't think they can attend a church, or maybe they are attending, but it's difficult because they have a child with a disability, regardless whether that's a more of a cognitive behavior issue or more of a physical disability, I'm the one that comes to your churches and I'm the one that actually helps you to develop mm-hmm. a disability ministry or support for your family at those churches. And, uh, you know, my office, you know, and I, of course, live in Chicago, but my office is actually responsible for five states in the Midwest. So even if you live in Wisconsin or Indiana or Michigan, I'm still the guy that you would talk to and would come out and see you type of the thing. There's another organization called SOAR, S-O-A-R, there in the Kansas City metro area. One that I always love to promote and I really push is one that is based here in Chicago, but absolutely has, quite honestly, a global reach now. It's called the Special Fathers Network. Now, this is actually set up just for special needs dads. Mm-hmm. Now, moms can, of course, you know, utilize the resources too. But the focus of our organization is to provide a couple things. One, we provide a mentoring program for special needs fathers. So if let's say, especially you have a, a child who's younger and maybe it's a newer disability, a newer diagnosis, um, you can connect with a mentor father who can coach you, right? And, and that's not 
um, you know, defined by geographical region. I mean, you can connect with someone that, you know, might be in your area, but also could be across the country, just depending on the fit. Uh, we have a great podcast series. We have a YouTube channel with lots of great video presentations and resources. And we do a virtual conference once a year as well. So, so that organization, if you're a special needs dad, regardless of where you are in the country or in the world for that matter, you can connect with us. We actually have mentor fathers all over the globe now. We have, um, we actually have dad support groups virtually online that um, we've been piloting and, and now we're actually starting to bridge those out as well too. And that's a wonderful thing. I'm at your website now and I want to share with the listeners that this website will be made available in the show notes and on my website as well. But johnfellageller.com. make sure to look at those show notes to make sure you get the spelling right and that you go to the right website because you'll see all of what John has been sharing in this podcast, all of his speaking engagements and and uh, his, I believe he has a blog on his website as well. So um, you can certainly learn a lot about what he does right there through his website. And you can find all that again in the show notes and also at my website at denisenixon.com as well. And then John, you have shared such wonderful information with everyone during this podcast. And so I want to uh, wrap up this podcast by asking you my trademark question. I like to ask all of my guests about their pivot point. So what is your pivot point, whether that's a scripture or advice or maybe a, a personal motto or or something that you can share with the listeners that really summarizes in a way your journey? Absolutely. And I have a wonderful story to go with it too as well. So <laughs> okay. um, I'll, I'll start out telling you about my father a little bit. So I, I grew up in a very kind of blue collar uh, north side of Chicago family, uh, very stereotypical. If you've ever seen a show or a movie about Chicago, this this was my family, you know, to to the T. And and my father was never a guy who uh, was really intentionally involved in my life. You know, he wasn't a churchgoer. He wasn't anything like that. He was a guy who worked all day, came home, had a couple beers in front of the TV, went to bed, and then repeat. And and I remember how frustrated I was growing up, especially as I got older and saw other other guys, especially their relationships with their fathers, or even as an adult now type of a thing to see, you know, the relationships guys have had with their dads. But, you know, the one thing that my father always said to me, and and I, I maybe I'll trademark this someday or hashtag it or whatever, but he would always kind of, whenever he would like to give me advice, it was almost like he just liked to hear himself talk. He would kind of pontificate, so to speak. But his, his line that he would always keep throwing at me all the time was two words. It was don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. That was his, his advice for everything. And I will tell you, he was he was the kind of guy you never liked to go to the movies with because he was always the guy who was anxious about. Let's look for the emergency exits. If there's a fire, where do we go? What do we do? He was always kind of a nervous guy that way. But he what he was, I think, trying to share was, you know, just no matter the situation, as he would say, you get calm, you get a hold of yourself. And no matter what's going on, don't panic. Well, what's interesting is, again, as frustrated as I was with him, you know, growing up and then into adulthood. And there was a guy who came by the name of Bill Farrell and, and Bill is a pastor from Texas. And he wrote a book years ago called Point Man. It was kind of a how-to book and how to be a good husband, father, that type of thing. And um, and I saw the same speak and or I went to see him speak and it was like a Friday night, Saturday morning kind of a deal. And, you know, he was on stage and, you know, again, think of just this like, you know, kind of really tall, 
you know, kind of, you know, kind of rough and tumble kind of a guy, very direct speaking to us kind of a thing. And he was kind of fun to listen to. But at one point he was preaching on, you know, like Matthew 5, where, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, from the Sermon on the Mar Sermon on the Mount, pardon me, uh, you know, do not uh, fear for your lives. Do not be concerned for your life. Consider the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. You know, if God takes care of them, God will take care of you. And, and he's going on and on and he's, uh, you know, preaching on this. And then all of a sudden he stops and he turns to us and he says, now, guys, look, what is Jesus really trying to say here? I'll tell you what he's saying. Two words. Don't panic. And I sat there in my chair and I said, you got to be kidding me because all this time I didn't get it, but he put it together for me that, you know, whether my dad intentionally knew that he was connecting it to scripture, I don't think so, but, but God knew that. And, and so I still got the message that I needed. And, and quite honestly, I went home that night in the car and I cried and I actually forgave my father because I understood what that meant to me now. And then the next day when I came back to, for the wrap up, I actually went to go um, you know, meet, meet the guy, meet the speaker. And I was actually the last guy in line to do it. And I actually told him the story and he said, wow, that that's pretty cool. I might use that. I said, sure, you go right ahead. So, um, you know, the, the point being is that I know in life, we, we sometimes get these throwaway lines of advice and I've certainly had a few of them and I, I've been quick to dismiss them. And as I think most people would be, but the one thing that I've learned is that usually the, the easiest, most direct advice is usually the best, right? It, Advice doesn't have to be pages and pages of things. It can just be a line that is intentionally set into someone's life or space. For me, don't panic really became that because then as I went through various seasons of my life since then, and especially dealing with COVID and divorce and other family issues, you know, that line has always reminded me to keep steady, you know, keep my focus on God, remember my, my foundation and faith, and to know that ultimately, you know, Seasons will come, storms will come, you know, the, the house will shake, but ultimately remember, don't panic because, you know, God is above all of it, directing your steps. And at the same time, he's not going to abandon you. You are not going to be abandoned. You are safe. And all you have to do is make that next step in faith and you will get to where you need to wow. be. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Having that house that is built on that firm foundation that will be standing. Thank you, John. Thank you for sharing that story. Don't panic. As you said, sometimes the the most profound and deepest advice can be found in the simple manner of delivery. So that is wonderful. So thank you, John, for sharing your story and sharing your inspirational words of encouragement for everyone, but especially for those who may be in situations where they're seeking support and they have children with disabilities. They know that there are resources out there. And once again, johnfellageller.com to look at some of the organizations that John mentioned in this podcast and also to connect with John if you want to follow up, sign up for some of his correspondence through his website. Be sure to check that out. John, thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Denise. Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast provider so that you do not miss an episode of the Pivot by Faith podcast. Also, visit my website again at denisenixon.com to sign up to receive notifications of when the podcasts are going to air. I hope that you have a phenomenally productive day and don't forget to tune in for our next episode of Pivot by Faith. Thanks a lot for listening and take care.